What's up guys, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. In today's episode, we are talking to a very successful health and safety consultant that's gonna give us a two-part episode on how to build a consultancy. Let's go. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviors. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risplur. Okay guys, like I say, today's guest has an extensive background in building business to the point where he built such a successful award-winning consultancy in the first year they were turning over six figures doing six figures six figures it's all in partnership with his wife kate they've now got their own youtube channel as well and they're vlogging their experience and now they started a business coaching kind of mastermind business as well. So we kind of got in touch with him to kind of give us some insights on how to build that consultancy that you're probably thinking of doing towards the tail end of your career maybe. I think with Simon's kind of experience of building a business and being a consultant, and then my kind of opinionated, critical opinion of consultants <laughs> will we'll kind of hopefully provide you with a real kind of critical conversation as to whether you should be a consultant and, and, and the complications of building that and the challenges of building that. And also if you decide, yes, I'm gonna do this, some tips and tricks, etc., and some le lessons learned, so to speak, from Simon's experience as well. So without further ado, let's get into part one of the two part series where we talk about building a consultancy with Simon. Let's get into the podcast. Simon, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you uh, give us a, a quick introduction to yourself and, and like your, your business, and then basically we're just gonna kind of get into your journey over the kind of next two episodes um, about kind of building a consultancy. Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Simon Walter and I run a health and safety consultancy called rhino safety limited we we've been running for about five years now so we set up in june 2015 so it's me and my wife uh, as the directors and we have seven staff in total um we work nationwide and we've got we had 134 clients before the coronavirus hit and um, so yeah interesting times at the moment we've uh, we've lost a few we've lost a couple of clients um we've actually put some of our clients on a payment holiday so we've got um, a number of clients in the event industry uh, and obviously weddings large festivals have all been cancelled so they've got no cash flow for i don't know a good a good three months um and and we've been in a lot of a lot of contact with our clients and um, we, we're trying to help them as much as possible so we have lost some we do a lot of work with the aviation industry as well uh, and one of um, our clients was working for virgin atlantic um who again have, have, have had to pull the plug on them as well so it is interesting times um but yeah we we are we are a consultancy so a lot of people get confused between a 
health and safety training provider and a health and safety consultancy uh, service. Okay. Um, we did set up predominantly to be a consultancy training. We do a little bit of online training um, and a little bit of awareness training, but we're not accredited. We don't do IOS training um, or anything like that. Personally, I'm a chartered member of IOSH uh, and I sit on the peer review panel as well um, for IOSH. Um, my wife, she does. she's a director of the business as well. Uh, she runs the, the admin side, the accounts side, um, and manages all that. Her background is employment law. Okay. So she's very good at the... Uh, Softer skills, uh, skills that I'm not particularly good with um, when, it comes, when it comes to dealing with um, personnel issues and things like that. That's what Kate deals with. Uh, I'm very much more business focused, um, very much more into the sales aspect of things as obviously as well as being um, the head safety consultant as well. Mm. So that's a little bit about Rhino. Um, and a little bit about us. And we'll get on to, you, you've got another consultancy as well. And you give us a, 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 biz, a business kind of coaching business. Would that be the right way to describe it? Yeah. So um, when we first sold Rhino, we didn't want it to be Simon Walter Safety Consultancy. We knew we always wanted it to be something bigger um, and not just a one-man band that you know that was our we didn't have a specific goal but that it was to be not just a, a one-person band so a lot of uh, a lot of questions I get asked is why Rhino Safety um, and coming up with the name of the business was one of the most difficult things yeah. we had to do uh, <laughs> So we'd, we'd written a business plan. Um, we'd asked someone to, to start a website for us. We, we'd done all this really in-depth work and we'd kind of left the name to, to the end thinking, well, that's just going to be fairly straightforward. Let's get the business plan in place. Let's, let's look at trying to pick up some clients. Um, we'll, we'll get a name you know, in a week or so. And we then started to think about names. Please don't tell every, me your name comes from Lead Rhinos because it's not even a proper correct. rugby. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. Not even <laughs> a proper rugby. Do you know what I mean? That's so frustrating. Uh, well, I think we're going to have to end this, uh, this podcast right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, oh, that's where it comes from. You kind of spoiled the story now. Um, sorry, sorry. I just couldn't resist. So, I knew you were a fan from watching your vlog and I was like, yeah. oh, God, he's a, he's a league fan. So we we tried to when we came up when we wanted the name, it, it had to meet a couple of prerequisites. So it had to be able to generate a logo. The name I wanted a logo to come from in the, the name of the business. So it had to be able to generate a logo. It had to be memorable, and it had to be in some way related to to, to safety. So I wanted um, like shield safety. Um, I think Kate, Kate came up with signature safety. I think we threw around a, a few other safety related ideas. And then when we came to look at register them on company's house, the names were gone. Mm. Um, 
or when we looked at the domain name, we couldn't get the domain. Um, so it was really difficult trying to juggle, you know, what's already been registered on Company's House, what's what domain name is available. Um, and then I thought back to, well, how did my last company and that we used to work for, how did they get in their name? And that was football related. So then I thought, well, I support Leeds Rhinos. Um, so why not Rhino Safety? It generates a logo, it's memorable, and Rhinos, you think, secure, safe, um, strong, and, and things like that. So we, we spoke to our marketing guy who was looking at doing the website and, and business cards, and, uh, et cetera, for us. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, you know, we should go with Rhino Safety. So it is, it is rugby league related. Um, did did used to play rugby union until I was about 18. Um, and then I played, then I went to play rugby league. So my dad's from Leeds originally, so went to all the away games when I was little. So, um, so my passion's there. My passion is for for rugby yeah. league. Sorry. So, are you like a dual fan? Do you watch both, or is it just just league now? Just league. It's always been league. Yeah. Um, my dad was from Leeds, and I grew up in Warrington. Mm. Um, but the school that I went to, you could only play union. So oh, I played so I played union um straight from school, straight you know, from from eleven, used to play on a Saturday for the school and then on a Sunday for the club. Um did that until I was about eighteen. Um played at county level as well. So played for Cheshire uh, a few times and um Always, always watched league. Never really watched Union. Didn't like watching Union. Just played it. Uh, and then I can't remember how I got into it. Just one day I was like, right, I want to go and play league. So I went down. Um, didn't know what I was doing. They put me on the wing, and uh, it was brilliant. Starts. I loved it. Loved it. And it doesn't um, matter Union or league. Everyone starts on the wing. Where you go down to. Like, yeah. Whether you're going to the social club or whatever, it's like if you played rugby before, oh, I've played it, doesn't matter, get on the wing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, and then I had kids and, uh, you know, started working in business and things like that. So then I uh, had to kind of give it a miss because going to business meetings with a black eye, you know, didn't really, uh, you know, didn't really help. Um, but yeah, go, going back to the original question, um, when we set up, when we set up Rhino, my dad used to run his own. My dad used to run his own business, um, so we've always had business mentors around us. So I always used to, you know, throw ideas around with him because you know business is tough, business is difficult, you know, it isn't easy. Um, so I used to always throw, throw ideas around um, with him, pick his brains. He used to run a big printing company in Warrington for. 40 odd years so we found it extremely important to have these people around us um and then he used to he used to also keep in touch with a, a um a, one of my ex-bosses as well from a couple of jobs ago and again i'd buy him a coffee and say look you know we've got we've got this problem at the moment or just generally have a bit of a chat about business things and um and then we joined a, a business mastermind group, um, a guy called Nick James. Um, we went to um, a conference that he was running um, because he was bringing a guy called Grant Cardone into the UK to do some talking, a, a very good 
big good sales guy. Um, and we went to that event and we signed up to Nick's mastermind. Um, it was down in Birmingham. Uh, we went, we were a member there for 12 months. And one day, we, Kate and I were driving back and we said, you know, this is amazing. It's really, really good. We get so much value out of this as, as business owners. We get so much uh, direction, help, assistance that, you know, we wouldn't get if we weren't part of, this mem- part of this mastermind. Why don't we set up something ourselves in Cheshire? Because there's nothing, nothing around here. You know, there's an abundance of networking meetings. You could go you know, networking for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the week. But there's no mastermind groups. You know, we'd hardly ever heard of them uh, until we went to this conference. And um, so that was where the the idea of raw business coaching came in. We've, we've been on a business journey. Kate and I have been running businesses for, you know, 10 years now. Um, and it's not easy. And... You know, I think you, you do need help from other people, from other like-minded people. And we just thought, you know, we can we can set up our own mastermind. We can take the best bits from other masterminds, uh, other books we've read um, and things like that. And we can kind of package that together um, and offer it out to, to people that we know. So it was kind of started on... On a, on a whim as, as such and we thought you know we'll, we'll set it up we will push something out there on Facebook and, and let's just let's see what we were finding was with the with Rhino Safety we were getting phone calls from from people that we knew people that we met at networking asking us non-safety related questions like you know what should I do about this member of staff um or i've got a problem with this client or someone says not paying so when we set up raw business coaching we had these people in mind so i think there's about half a dozen so we thought well we'll set this up and this will be perfect this will be spot on for them because you know they're always asking us for little you know tips and advice on business so we set it up we sent them an email and none of them were interested. Interesting. So it was a it was a massive. Um, it was very very disappointing. Mm. Did you very get to the root causes to as to why? Uh, we've got we've got theories. I think you've got to be in the right mindset you've got to be willing to learn and willing to grow and not everyone is on the same path as you not everyone is as ambitious as kate and i and some people are happy you know not being the biggest not you know just turning over enough to cover their to cover their salary they're never going to take people on so obviously that was that was very disappointing and a bit of a shock but like i said business isn't easy um, it isn't easy to do, or else everyone would, would be doing it. I think that's... So, um, sorry, carry on. Go on. Well, I was just going to say, so we got to that point, and, and I think a lot of people at that stage would be completely disheartened and, and maybe, you know, jack it in completely and, and not proceed. 
so we had some serious conversations about it and and we thought well let's just let's just go for it anyway and see let's just see what happens we might as well now you know we've not really got much to lose mm. so we, we'd sent obviously this message out to these these six companies who weren't interested so what we did we we posted it publicly on um on facebook uh, and i think we, we posted it on linkedin as well and we got um six inquiries came came through in in like uh, a week and i think we needed i think we needed four to make it viable um because what the mastermind is we we meet uh every month at a uh whitewood park hotel and conference center which is um it's like a pga tour golf club locally to us so we had to we had to get in i think we had to get four members to just cover the costs of that it was never it was never set up to, to generate loads of money never set up for that it was set up solely to help other business owners so we needed four to sign up and we got six that signed up but there weren't the six that we want uh, that we originally targeted but there were six businesses that were much more established than the businesses that we had originally targeted and um, they were bigger the turnovers were bigger and i think what we had done was unwitting unknowingly um kind of played ourselves down we weren't reaching high enough we weren't you know rather than you know going to like this is a mastermind you know for you know for, for established businesses or businesses wanted to grow i think we were trying to you know, play it play it safe um, and looking back now um it certainly worked better than what we what we thought and if we had jacked it in after you know not getting the six that we wanted or that we initially thought we would get um we obviously wouldn't be where where we are now that's interesting there's a lot of stuff you kind of said there that i think is, is synonymous of of a lot of people starting any kind of business is that the one one there's a few things you want to jump on but just to just to pick one out for now um is that i granted that you know when you said you emailed those those few existing clients from from your uh i'd say previous but it's still i know rhino safety is still ongoing so from rhino safety you had those those clients that you thought wow they'll, they'll love this kind of new package and i think that resonates with quite comically but but from uh, i don't know if you ever watched how i met your mother the comedy tv show that was on no. channel four it's just a it's a it's, it's like crap telly basically but it was really funny okay. and anyway there's this character in it who's like an architect and he always wanted to start off on his own and there's this kind of comedy sketch around he starts on his own and then so he, he gets his website he does all the kind of normal stuff and he says on the internet we're open for business and then for a day just kind of sits down at the phone and the yeah. phone doesn't ring and and i just think that that is something that i think a lot of business owners struggle with whether it's because for several reasons say and i know granted you were saying it wasn't the fact that the clients weren't there it was a, you were talking to the wrong clients essentially and you and you were unaware of that but i think for other people it is is part of that maybe it's also part of like the the clients that are after you know mcpherson business for example they don't know that mcpherson business is open like this stuff doesn't just happen overnight it's, it's slow isn't it like how 
if if I was to say to you, let's say to you, I came to you and said, you know, Simon, I I started my business two weeks ago. I've had no calls. You know, it's how to get through that yeah. initial. Sl- yeah, um, we see this quite often, and there's a saying called um, there's a saying called burn your boats, oh, and um, it it comes from the, the I think it was the Greek wars. Uh, many years ago, where when they were invading another island, when the the armies landed, the, the captain or the commander would would order the boats to be burned. So the soldiers, the only option for them was to 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 fight. They were either going to die or they were going to win. There was no option. There's no retreat. You couldn't just oh, okay. jack it in and, and and leave. And when we set up Rhino, th- there was no other option it wasn't like oh you know we'll, we'll sell rhino on the side and, and we'll keep doing a bit of nine to five and, and we'll we'll do a bit of a bit of rhino in the evenings and, and we see that all the time and that's good to start with but there comes a point where you've just got to go at it full time you know there's, there's the people that we speak to and they're like oh like you said there's no um no calls coming in it's like okay well how many people did you call today well I, I didn't call any because i'm still doing my nine to five okay well you've got any you know you've got an hour at lunch you know you've got when you finish at five o'clock you know what who've you been calling then but if you haven't got time for that and your passion is to start your own business you've got to leave your nine to five you've got to burn your boats you're never gonna get to where you want to be if you're trying to juggle both things at once and and when Kate and I set up Rhino, there wasn't another option for us. We had um, three months to turn over enough money to pay the mortgage. So everything was very focused on making enough money to meet those mortgage payments. It was it was tough, but we were focused forwards. We weren't going oh well if you know if we don't turn over enough it's all right we, you know we've got a nine to five on the go or if after two months we haven't turned over enough i'll just jack it in and, and go back to to our old job we didn't have that and that, that wasn't necessarily on purpose it just wasn't an option to go back we always we had to go forwards um and it was it was difficult it was very stressful it was very tough but the focus was on right where where do we get these businesses where do we how do we spend that time now to get new clients and what you have when you first start a business you have time you've got i mean we were working and we still do now but we weren't just working a nine to five you know we were doing seven 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 eight what whatever it, it, it took but what you need to do is you need to get out there you need to meet as many people as possible so i mean one of the first things i did and i remember this really clearly and some people think it was a bit of a crazy thing to do but i went through google and i googled all our local competitors and um i emailed i think i think there were six of them and i emailed all of them and um and said look we're starting up starting a health and safety consultancy um could we meet for a coffee 
and there may be some you know we might be able to do some referral work um and let's just have a chat and out of the six i think five of them came back and said yeah let's let's meet up so i met with them we had a coffee and we, we've done business um through that because you've got you've got to bear in mind that we don't do training um some of these competitors did training and consultancy, but didn't do construction or didn't do CDM. So what we were able to do is to actually use them to, to refer work to each other. So that, that helped massively. But a lot of people were like, oh, you go and see a competitor. Ooh. You know, and it got a bit, like, frowned a little bit about that. And, you know, sometimes we just had a coffee and nothing ever came of it. But other times we got business from it and it's just, you know, about, about doing that. And then the other thing I did, I picked up the phone and I just rang or emailed people and said, or emailed successful business people that I found in like the Chamber of Commerce magazine and just said, look, love what you're doing, love to buy you a coffee and just have a chat about how you've done it. Mm. So I was just going and going around and just, um, just buying people coffee <laughs> that's, that's one of our successes is coffee we were just meeting people kate was going out um and yes you've got the networking groups and yes we, we hit those networking groups as well um but also building those one-to-one relationships you know and sometimes stuff came from it and but sometimes things didn't but in the early days of business you've got the time to do that you know, we, we don't do it now. I, we, haven't, I, we haven't got the time. I've got 130, 134 clients to look after, seven staff, loads of stuff going on, which is great. Um, and now I don't have the time. But back then, you know, we, we did have the time to get out there. Um, and I'd just, anyone looking to set up the business, if you're sat at home in the early stages of your business, twiddling your thumbs, not doing anything, you're doing something wrong because there's always there's always something to do. Mm. The other thing that we did when I'm talking about you having time, um, at a networking event, we got chatting to um, a a company that helps charities out. So what they do, they match um, skills donors with charities. So we, they approached us and said, look, we get asked for health and safety advice. Would you be willing to offer your services for free to charities? And they'll get you get a testimonial and we'll get some PR. So we did one. Um, we helped our community um, cycle shop. So basically what they do, they're taking bikes, they do them up and they sell them on for a bit of a profit. So that went that went really well. Did a health and safety policy, and um, I think it was about a month later we got a phone call from Crew Town Council um, to say they've been recommended our services um, from this charity that we've been doing work for. So we actually got business off the back of giving our time for free. Like I said before, you've got the time in the early, in the early stages of your business. You've got the time. Um, so what we did 
after that, we, we then went back and approached Cheshire Connect, which is the, the business that puts companies and, and charities together. We approached them and we said, look, you know, we love what you're doing. And we'd love to do, you know, charitable work. But we don't have, you know, we don't have thousands of pounds to give away to charity. But we have got our time. So what we want to do, we want to um, help out one charity a month for 12 months. Mm. So I think it was, you know, within the first 12 months of, of starting Rhino, we'd, we'd helped out, I think it was like 15 charities for free. Um, and like I said, we got a bit of, we got some work from it, which was great. We got a lot of testimonials and we got our name out there. And I think it's so important to get your name out there, certainly early on, you know, you might be the, the best health and safety consultant in the world, but if no one knows about you, no one's going to use you. So what we, um, what happened off the back of that as well is we got a business award. And again, it wasn't something that we didn't sit down and go, right, let's, let's help 12 charities and, and we'll get a business award. Um, we got it. We, yeah, we got a business award for contribution to the community for all our charitable work, which we again got our name out there. And again, it was using our time um, to to actually go out there and help as as many people as possible. And awards, awards is something that again has helped us um, grow. And we were six months into Rhino Safety, and someone mentioned that the chamber of commerce were doing um, business awards and we should apply and kate and i sat down and, and we were like what's the point you know we're six months old um we haven't we haven't done enough we're not gonna win why bother and uh it was very obviously very negative thinking so we just thought, well, why not? Let's just put it in. And Kate's brilliant when it comes to to, to writing. Uh, I'm not particularly good, um, and I think that's why we work well because Kate and I are, are different, but work towards the same goal. I don't know if that makes sense. So she's much more, uh, like I said before, got the softer skills, got the presentation skills. Um, I've got more of a business head on me, um, like the selling like doing the health and safety stuff. So we just put the application in. We 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 did it. We put it in and thought, well, worst that's going to happen is we're not, not going to get anywhere. Um, so we got a phone call back to say that we've been made finalists. So this this was for startup of the year. So startup of the year 2015, I think. Um, so we got a phone call to say we've been... Um, been finalists one of the one of the three finalists um and then we had to have an interview by uh the it was cheshire east council because they were sponsoring the award they do the judging so we had to go to the council um the council building and we had to take a load of well we had to prepare and take a load of evidence so we, we got all as much stuff as we had which wasn't much after six months of training and um we were interviewed uh, on what we'd done, and um, yeah, we, we managed to to win. And a big part of why we won was 
because within six months we had managed to turn over a profit um, but we'd also helped out a number of charities as well. So when the judges were looking at us and comparing us to other businesses, the other businesses had um, had turned over a, a profit but hadn't actually helped charities out. And and they they saw us and 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 saw that we'd done so much in such a short period of time. The negative that we had by saying, "Well, we've only been going six months," in the judges' eyes was a positive. Yeah. So it was it, that was that was massive, um, massive for us. And, and obviously that was that was sponsored by. Um, South Chester Chamber of Commerce. So that immediately, within six months, exposed us to all their members. Yeah, we, you know, we were out there. We were all these photos were done, and we were out there in their chamber magazine and and things like that. So, you know, that that was that was massive for us. And like like I said before, one of the main things that you need to do when you're first setting up is get your name out there to as many people as possible, pick up the phone, meet people at networking groups, just ask them, you know, what, what, what can I help you with? What do you need a hand with? You know, COVID-19 at the moment, everyone needs risk assessments, policies, help and assistance on what, what do we do? How do we bring people back to work? People are going to need risk assessments. Every business is going to need a risk assessment. So if you're looking to start up a consultancy now, you know, I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people say don't start up a, a well a business in a recession. But if you actually look historically at the companies that did set up in a recession, I think something like McDonald's was set up in a recession. I think IBM was. Uh, I think Microsoft was, and maybe Apple as well. And um, they were all set up in a recession. And certainly, health and safety at the moment um, is is Huge. at the forefront is at the forefront of, of everyone's mind so and, and i think that's a it's a it's a good point to on on timing which is something i wanted to touch on with you guys and i know you kind of alluded to there in, in your story as to it, it for you it just kind of happened um but for some people it doesn't just happen i think it's a it's a decision they might have worked their way up to a director position a manager position or not even that you know they might have been very comfortable in a, in a consultant role, in an advisor role, whatever, made redundant and just thought, screw it, or, or whatever. Some people make the decision, some people get forced into the decision. But yeah. that, that timing thing for people, you know, there's always going to be the question, isn't there? Like, is this the right time? Like, it, is it, would, it, would it be fair to say, I don't know, would it be fair to say, if you're asking that question, maybe it's never going to be the right time? Like, or, or is that a valid question? Yeah, it's never the right time. Yeah. It's literally never the right time. I mean, personally, like I said before, my, my dad used to run a business. Um, I remember at high school, I did an MVQ in business. I've always wanted to run my own business. You know, I did, I did uh, MVQ in business in high school. And then I did uh, night school for four years to do a degree in uh, business management. It, I've always wanted to run a business. Um, and yeah, if you, if you, I think you can get, get too into the details of it and there's always something that isn't going to be 
right. There's always something that you're like, mm, it's now the right time. Oh, I've just, you know, first, first, I've just had my first child. Is now the right time? And I don't think it, it ever is going to be the right time. But if it's something you want to do, you just need to take that that leap and, and do it. Or you're always going to be wondering, what if? Mm. You know, if I hadn't done it, um, I mean, I don't think I'm employable now anyway, um, having worked for myself for so long. Uh, but looking back, I think whenever I was working for someone else, I was always thinking, well, why are they doing this that way? I, I don't agree. I think this should be different. I, I can't see why. I don't understand. This can be done better. I think I was always seeing those, not say I was right every time, but I think I was always frustrated that, that things weren't how I would like them to be. Um, so it's something that I've always had in me. I've always wanted to do it. And situation just happened for us to start Rhino and, and was it the right time? No. Was it an easy time starting? No. It certainly wasn't under the best circumstances. Um, so I think if we can do it under those in that situation, then I think anyone could do it. And I'd, I, you know, personally, at this moment in time, are people buying? Are businesses buying? No, I don't think so. Will they be buying in the you know within four weeks within the next month? Yeah, I do think we'll start coming out of it now. We've certainly got busier this week than we were last week, right. so I do think you know I, I do think we are going to slowly start returning back to I won't say normal because I don't think we're going to well it's not going to be the same as what it was six months ago, um. But I do think now is 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 a good time to put the foundations in place, because I mean there'll be loads of people out there now that have been fur furloughed. You know, there'll be loads of people sat at home thinking, "Well, I've always wanted to start my own business. Why don't yeah. I speak? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You've got the time now to write a business plan. You don't know how to write a business plan? Then you know, go on YouTube, go on Google. Not that complicated to do." Just start thinking about what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, because, you know, give it a few weeks and I think people are going to start buying again. Mm. So we kind of need to keep going. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a shameless sponsorship clip. In all seriousness, guys, we partnered up with DRM Group. You know David McLean, he's been on the podcast time and time again. We absolutely support his message and he's got a brand new online course to help you. I'm going to let him tell you all about it now. The brain can be trained to think and behave differently, to think in more positive and optimistic ways. And there are steps that you can take to train your brain to feel good for good. And we call this lasting positive change. Through our 16-day program, which includes daily videos and action sheets, taking you no longer than 15 minutes to complete a day, you will learn how to move away from thoughts of anger, hopelessness and frustration to a place of mental well-being and positivity. Okay, guys, so if you're interested, you can click the link below and get a discount, special rebranded safety discount. Full disclosure, we get a little bit kickback from that. So at the same time as improving your mental health, you can support your favorite health and safety podcast YouTube channel. I'll let you get back into the content. So would you say it was more not, not a case of, of 
of timing, it was a case of, you know, if I, I want to do this, I want my own business. If you have that kind of, like, like I listen to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk and he says, like, he describes it as if, if you feel like you can't breathe working for somebody else, then, then you need to go. And I, and I feel like it's a, there is, there is a, I think there is a case to argue, like, there is a point, if you're in a stable kind of, there is a point where you think, now is the opportunity to go but in yeah. that moment it's, it's, it's like you just said you know is it ever going to be the right time or not 100 percent? it's going to be like now's the right time it could be a partially educated decision yeah. if you're in a good enough yeah. position to be able to say I, i'm going to set up my business plan now whilst i'm being furloughed and then for the next five years for example and start saving some money that may yeah. or may not work it doesn't matter but then some people just get thrown into it but it comes more down to the point from the research i've done is that if you feel like you need to work for yourself you, at some point you got to suck it and see and if it don't work then then you'll be able to go back to work at some point but yeah you've got to suck it and see well we were going to make it work regardless you know one way or another um it was going to work we had to you know we had to make it work there was no there was no other option um in some way, shape, or form, it was going to work. And you know, like I said, I, I've done a degree in, in business management. My dad used to run a company. I was always going to run a business at some point in my life. I knew that was going to happen. Um, it just so happened that, that the opportunity arose when I was in health and safety. And if I look back over everything that I'd done um, in my work career. You know, I started as an apprenticeship. Uh, I started an, an apprentice uh, at the National Nuclear Corporation, based in Nutsford. So we were we were building things for Sellafield, uh, for all the nuclear power stations around the UK. Um, and that exposed me to obviously health and safety at an early early stage. But the good thing there was they, they were paid for all my training. So I, I think I did a HNC. HND, they paid for my degree. So we did a degree in business management. Um, so would it have been wrong to set up with the wrong time to set up a business then? Yes, I didn't have the experience. Um, I didn't deal with clients. I was just building building things. Mm. Um, however, part of the apprenticeship was to go around each department. So we, we would visit each department and spend think it was six months in each department maybe three months so that was seeing things like hr accounts actually on the shop floor working i remember we're using an air sander for about eight hours a day for the whole week um sanding a <laughs> i remember it vividly they, they wanted um the owner of the business or i think it was the, that you must have been the director of of Warrington factory that we were in he needed a cross for his church stainless steel cross so uh, they welded two um two steel bars together and um for the for a week i had to use an air sander on different um different grades to try and get it as a, as a mirror finish as possible mm. i remember standing there eight hours a day sanding this cross down and it came to the friday and and the guy came around and looked at it and and threw it in the bin <laughs> i was absolutely gutted 
it wasn't it wasn't my fault um but where the where, i don't think but where they'd welded it however much you polished it you could still see the where they'd welded the uh joints in uh i was gutted gutted a whole week of my life had just gone and it was you know but you know pretty backbreaking stuff and ended up just machining one uh, <laughs> so that wasn't that obviously wasn't the right time you know looking back um but then as i progressed through through different jobs each job that i that i went and worked for exposed me to a different element of business so the next job i i did was running a service desk for a health and safety consultant uh, no it wasn't health and safety for an it consultancy so we were looking after other businesses it and it infrastructure so i was i was looking i mean at the peak before i left um i was managing i think there were there were 30 engineers and, and, and service desk you know, telephone operators and things like that so that gave me an insight into hiring people interviewing people uh, doing appraisals again that business is very very good at um, training you up and mm. um, so they're paying for a lot of training and, and that's the that's the business that I still kept in touch with the owner he's actually mm. a client of ours now as well which is brilliant awesome. um, so I I massively got a lot of my management skills from that business and a lot of my customer service skills. So we were very heavily uh, targeted on uh, KPIs, so key performance indicators. So we had to respond to um, to customers within a certain period of time. And if it didn't happen, then it was my head on the block. So what the feedback we get from Rhino clients is now is, you know, really fast, really good, fast, quick response. And it comes from working in that industry, you know, trying to manage that when we had hundreds and hundreds of inbound telephone calls, uh, emails on a daily basis that, that none of them could get missed. You know, we had to get back to other people. We had to make sure that, each inquiry was dealt with in a specific time frame based on the severity of the issue that was coming in. So was that the right time? Maybe it was getting there. I was getting a bit more, more rounded. Um, but then the next business that I went into, I was doing much more. Um, it was health and safety, but I was also selling something I'd not done before. But that was kind. That kind kind of was the last piece of the jigsaw. Mm. The whole selling element. Once I nailed that, once I knew I could do it, then I knew then that I'm ready. And you know, I, I've, I've, I think I've got all everything I need now. I know I can do every element required. Maybe not particularly particularly brilliant. Mm. And I think that's where Kate comes in. Um, because, you know, with the with the finances and the accounts things, yeah, you know, I can I can do the basics, but could I do them every day? No, a it would probably drive me insane, and um, b I'm not particularly good at it. Um, so yeah, that's where 
when we settled Rhino, Kate coming in to take that element away from me, freed me up to then focus on the sales element and the health and safety element of it. So, you know, looking back, I think each each job that I had done prior to Rhino had, had like filled a piece of the jigsaw. However, once I've finished the jigsaw, there was still never like the right time to then start so like you're saying it's never you can always go oh well you know i've just had a kid or just bought a new car or whatever it may be there's always never going to be the right time however there's there's always you need to look at your own situation you know if you're due a if you do a bonus in six months from your your current company you may be a bit silly to leave before you get the bonus. So, but it's I think you do need- personal situations, isn't it? And you eventually you have to make that, that leap of faith. How, how, how much do you think um, it made a difference having that, that partner um, that, you know, to in the business with you? Cause that's, that's something that um, the, yes. one of the, the founders of, of goat agency, we spoke briefly about just before we press record. Um, I remember listening to a, a kind of startup, I think it's called the Startup Diaries podcast. Um, and they're all about startups, basically, obviously. <clears throat> and they had started having some guests on and they had one of the founders of that in and they said, what advice would you give to someone that wants to start a startup? And he said, find another founder, find somebody because yeah. you can do it on your own. Um, but it's just that security blanket of you having to make those big, very difficult potentially life-changing decisions for your business you know do we take this client do we do this do we do that what whatever it is um yeah it's easier to to kind of have bounce it off with somebody and then how how different is that with it being your wife as well because you must have a very strong personal relationship as well as a professional relationship to be able to you must work very well together yeah it's 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 interesting i mean if you look at I think Microsoft, if you look at Apple, they, they all started with um, with two people. Uh, not that I'm comparing ourselves to them. Um, <laughs> Rhino wouldn't be what it is now without uh, without Kate. You know, she's very she's very modest and she's like, well, I don't I don't know much about health and safety. Um, but you need that. You need that other person to, to bounce ideas off. You need, you're always questioning yourself as to, am I doing the right thing? Always. You're always like, oh, should I take someone on? Should I take an office on? What 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 should my prices be? Mm. And I'll just, sometimes I'll say to her, oh, I'm thinking of doing this. And I'm kind of just thinking out loud. Kind of just talk, yeah, I'm kind of just thinking out loud. Mm. Um, but we've made some some great decisions because we've 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 talked talked things through and then it may be something that i've got in my head that we've gone a completely different way on uh, and vice versa something that kate's been considering and then we've completely disregarded that and i think it's very important that you don't necessarily need to have a partner because that can get very complicated and very confusing and there's a lot of people out there that regret going into business with a partner but you certainly need some form of business mentor you know paid or 
unpaid or you know grab grabbing a coffee with someone like i said about what i was doing before you certainly need that person to just bounce ideas off um for example i 12 months ago i got a coffee with um my ex-boss that i was telling you about before uh we were having a chat about the growth of rhino um, I was telling him about what I want, what, wanted to do. Um, wanted to take on more staff, wanted to take on a general manager. Uh, obviously, quite expensive uh, costs. Um, and he kind of rein, he, he reined me in a bit and said, How much money have you got in the bank? And I was like, oh, that's a, yeah, Hey, you know, is, it, is it, it is a bit of a personal question. But he was like, Well, you know, do you have three months worth, you know, of overheads in the bank? I said, no, what, why, why do I need three months worth of overheads? He said, look, you know, you don't have the money now to take someone on. You know, you could afford them for maybe a month. If it doesn't work out, you know, you, you, you're going to start damaging your, your business. You need three months worth of overheads in the bank. So A, if something, if opportunity appears, because the other thing that we were discussing with him was uh, buying another business as well, buying a competitor or a, a training company to bolt onto Rhino. Um, and he said, look, you don't have the cash, you, you know, you, you can't really you can take a loan out, but you, you know, you need a, a bit of cash yourself. Plus, if something serious happens, you need three months worth of cash in the bank to keep your business going. And I was like, well, like what's going to happen? What serious <laughs> thing is going to happen? It's not like a global <laughs> pandemic is going to come around the corner, is it? <laughs> so I look back now and I think, wow. So over the past 12 months, we've been slowly um, funneling money into a savings account. I mean, if you had conversation, you would be in a different position now, I would assume. Yeah, totally. So, so we we funnel that money in. I mean, we already have the saving account set up um, to put our corporation tax and VAT into anyway. So it was there, and one of our business goals for the the previous twelve months was to increase what we're saving. So we've got three months worth of overhead. So if something went wrong. Um, we, we cover ourselves for three months. So, you know, if, if we hadn't had that conversation then, this COVID-19 would have had a much bigger impact on us, mm. you know, than it has done now. Obviously, as business owners, we're still a bit wary of where everything is going to of go. Course, yeah. However, we are in a very, a very strong position. Um you know, to move forwards and, and, and to see us through this mm. more so than we would be if we hadn't. And I think that just shows you the the importance of having someone to just talk through. Don't have to take their advice. You know, we 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 work with business coaches. Like I say, speak to my dad all the time about business issues. I speak to, to Dave, who's my ex-boss, um, regularly, and grab a coffee. You might get conflicting 
views. And we do. But yeah. it's you as the business owner to make the decision. You need to decide on which way it's your business. And the views of one person is not necessarily going to be correct. You know, you need to take all these ideas, take all this information in and then decide what you're going to do with that. You may, you know, I, I remember, you know, we dis disregarded a number of things and decided to go, you know, to go a completely different way sometimes. And I think that's what you need to do. But yeah, having, having a business partner where, where, you know, whether it is a formal business partner, like, Kate in at Rhino Safety or just having a business mentor uh, is invaluable. Um, the difficulty that we have is what do you do when, for example, I say, I think we want to take on a new member of staff and, and Kate says, no, what do you do then? So what we found, we would just go around in circles so I would say, you know, I, I want to take someone on because X, Y, and Z. Kate would say, I don't want to take someone on because of X, Y, and Z. And then we'll just go around in circles and nothing would, you know, nothing would happen. And that's one of the drivers behind us using business coaches. So we would, you know, speak to these business coaches that would obviously know our business and what we do. And, you know, we would put forwards, you know, well, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what Kate wants to do. So, we got into quite an interesting dynamic of just going around and around in circles until we actually, um, until we actually, you know, started using a business coach. But I think, you know, as long as your goals are aligned, Kate and I, Kate and I both our goals are, you know, aligned. We know what we want to do. Um, we just work very differently in terms of getting there. And that's, which is a benefit in its own right, isn't it? I mean, that, that kind of that diversity of opinions and experience and uh, it's something I talk about a lot is, is a book <coughs> Matthew Syed and Rebel Ideas. If you haven't read it, like, just just get it. It's mind-blowing. But that, it talks a, a, to potentially about, like, the power of kind of cognitive this diversity, you know, of just a difference in sex can make a difference, just the, your cultural yeah. upbringings and all that can make a difference. And and I think the point that you said there that I really liked was essentially what we have, and, and I think this is, this is quite similar to the world of safety as well, is, like, there is so much information out there, it, but people seem to fully commit to one full model whether you're talking about business you you know you talk to one person they say well you must do it this way and you're like right okay we do yeah. it that way and then you go talk to simon for example who says well we do it this way and then you're like oh well, now which way do i do it it's the same with safety yeah. you know people are like oh i'm safety one i'm safety two or i'm traditional safety or i'm behavioral based safety. it doesn't bloody matter what what it means is is you've got all this like buffet of, of advice. You don't go to a buffet. Well, I'm, I might, but you don't go to a buffet and get everything. You, you get yeah, what you that, like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rugby players do pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like, you know, you, you go in there and you get what you like, get what works for you. Uh, and that's, I think, I, I think it's I, important I, taking that, taking that buffet analogy on board. I think it's important. You, you try things out hmm. and then you double down on what works. You know, in business, we um, we tried a lot of networking. 
and we found that some groups worked and some didn't mm, or some different you know some forms worked and some didn't so then we double down on the stuff that does work you don't want to fog a dead horse if it's not working pack it in you know like i said before i i speak to and still do a lot of competitors now they one of the competitors in particular gets all or a lot of his business um from a networking group now we've tried a similar networking group doesn't work for us didn't work didn't get anything or very little yeah um but previously he was in a different networking group and then left we joined that networking group and we got business from it but he never did so it's very very strange you're talking two companies in the same industry doing exactly the same networking group and getting different results mm. it could be the personality so could be anything there's so much to it i, I think i yeah. think that's a really good point and, and i think i think that's a sign of not just a good business owner but even within the safety concept of business or or any leader uh, it's a it's a sign of a good leader to be articulate we're going to try this and then six months down i go oh shit that didn't work Let's try yeah. something else, you know, whether it's six months, five months, doesn't matter, you know, years down the line. How, how did you find that, um, that kind of, we'll, we'll have this question and we'll probably leave it there to, um, to, to move on to part two. But it was, what I find interesting is, is how did you find the, and you probably already answered this by like when you were going through your difference of, of experience. So that, that kind of helped. But I think a challenge for some people, say for me, for example, if I started my business tomorrow, is going from yeah. a fully fledged safety professional have been for eight plus years now before that a chef before that went to college to be an electrician you know none yeah. of those taught me so far well safety does but how to you know do the hr side of management how to employ people how to like you said earlier pick how much you're going to charge people do taxes yeah. do insurance all of this stuff, you know, how did you find that transition? And we'll probably get into the nuts and bolts of it in part two, but just, just that kind of transition, I think is an interesting conversation in its own right. Just uh, having those people around you that know these things, you know, I don't know how to do our accounts and stuff, but our accountants do. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, if I've got a problem, if I've got a problem with the, um, the accounts, we'll just pick up the phone to them. You know, they are full-time accountants they're going to know how to deal with it. You know, we've just, uh, we're looking at applying for these COVID-19 loans at the moment. And we've, we've had some um, issues interpreting the, the, the questionnaires and things that we have to fill in from the bank. So pick up the phone to our accountants and we've been talking to them about this. You know, they've already done a number of these applications. They know what these forms look like and they know how best to answer. So, I think it's very important that you, you surround yourself with you know people that that can help you you know you get a decent insurance broker and the amount of times i just pick up the phone to the insurance broker and say oh you know got a question about this got a question about that and it's just making sure you get out there and if you are getting out there which is obviously one of the things that i mentioned before you're going to meet these people anyway you go to networking events there's going to be an insurance broker there. there's going to be an accountant there there's going to be an, a HR person there. But the other thing is as well, just go on the internet. You know, there's ACAS. You just bring ACAS with any HR issues. You know, you can you can speak to them. It's free. 
you know they'll 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 help you uh, and get you through that as well so i think there's a lot of there's a lot of resources uh, out there and i don't think anyone should be afraid of starting up their own business because they're overthinking things like that um there is help available for anyone setting up a business you know look at you look at your local chamber of commerce um we've been a member of a number of chamber of commerces and some of them have got their own startup sections their own startup networking groups their own startup advice lines their own startup uh, documentation you can download a lot of it for free or a lot of it for uh, just the membership fee uh, of less than 100 pounds a year so i think there's a lot of advice there's a lot of help out there so i don't think anyone should be afraid of setting up it's not it's not difficult to sell the business it's just difficult to run it you've got to have a certain mindset um but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't hold back what about that transition is to is to going from a uh i, I say sole trader but yeah you obviously wouldn't have been but like that kind of one man band your, your wife and and you yeah or, or you know one couple band yeah to, to employing people because I think when we when we just kind of had our intro chat there's something you said which I, I won't spoil it I'll let you do that you've you kind of put on the walls of your office which resonated really hard <laughs> with me because from, from working in the and the one thing I enjoy about safety is we get our fingers into into every single pie of a business you know in, in when you're working as a safety professional so I've been really fortunate to grow relationships with just so many people in so many different organizations and businesses etc and and you know what the consistent thing i find is is how poorly we treat our staff in my opinion not just from a safety point of view but from like a i say well-being but you know just just being nice people like i don't let's not overcomplicate this like you know, don't don't yeah. be a dick about it like if you've got and, and and to get to the point like my cousin my, when I say to my wife about that, the amount of times that you know, we met in, in hospitality, so both of us were run a pub basically, and you know, you get customers that talk to your staff like absolute dross, and you get it in customer services. When I was in manufacturing, I've stood in a room trying to problem solve for a customer, which primarily wasn't our fault, and he was just talking about the customer services advisor who, was, who he knew was on the call, like absolute, I wouldn't talk to people I hate like that it was disgusting yeah. and i think as a manager like yeah i feel like you've got to protect your staff like and how, how did you find that kind of transition from and and have you and have you come across a situation like that as well where you've gone well this client actually is is is, is a bit of a cancer to our business is you know damaging our staff yeah. who are our biggest asset so, so yeah i mean one of the um one of the quotes that me and Kate originally set the business up by is we don't work with dicks. Mm -hmm. So it's something that we've, we've always, we always said, because in our previous jobs, like you just mentioned there, so many our, our bosses, our, yeah, our bosses were fine. You know, we didn't have any issues, um, but being custom service facing, deal with clients and stuff like that. There were some clients and they were horrendous to their staff. I have never seen anything like it. You know, a particular one that 
I did a lot of work for was a bakery and um the guy there he was he was I think is it called Hitler syndrome where he's like short but he was he, he literally went around effing and jeffing all day every day at everyone and I I just couldn't understand it and um I vowed that if we I ever started business I would never ever ever do it like that so it's something that me and Kate had always said um and then I think about six months ago we just moved into a new office and we um what is we aren't decorating and we've, we've got some little baby rhinos that have been put up on the walls um and we wanted some lettering on the walls and we actually got uh, we don't work with dicks uh, written in big letters on our wall as well and, and a lot of the staff thought we were joking when we said we were going to get it done and we we're a bit shocked when they came in the next day to see to see that there um and, and it and it really works you know it's part of our culture um that we don't work with dicks and i remember uh, a few months ago one of our consultants went out to manchester to 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 see a client um and he was he's, he's he was he's been a bad payer you know he wasn't paying on time then he sends a check and then the check has to clear um and so pete went to see this guy um he'd arranged the time he'd agreed the time that week turned up wasn't there um tried to rearrange it guy wasn't there um, so Pete came into my office and was chatting and he said, look, I don't, I don't think we should work with him. And I was like, well, you know, well, the payers a decent amount of money, Pete, you know, when he, and Pete just turned around and pointed to the wall where it says we don't work with dicks. I said, look, <laughs> you got me, you know, that's, that's exactly why, you know, we had it. It's part of our culture. And we wrote a letter, you know, that afternoon, posted it off to, to this guy and, and we sacked the client. And I think it's very important. Yeah, so when, when you're on your own and you've got a lot of time, um, you can spend that time looking for new clients. Then when you've overcome that, when you've got a bank of clients on board, then you can be more selective. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't necessarily need their money. And what you'll find is when you go through this process, you will get rid of certain clients, certain clients that are wasting time, and you replace them with better clients, clients that want to work with you. And certainly in health and safety industry, it can be really frustrating. Uh, and this is what Pete was saying to me as well about this client. Pete goes and sees him, recommends certain things to, to, to look after the safety of his staff, and this guy will just ignore him. Mm. Uh, and that's not what you want when it comes to a health and safety consultancy. So okay. what you find, you'll get you get rid of these people, you get rid of these clients, and you'll replace them with better ones. You'll find better clients. You'll find clients that pay you more. You'll find clients that will not not use up as much as your time. Mm. And, and what I like about it as well, Simon, is that they, you put it on the wall, right? Which, let's be honest, so many businesses do that now. You know, they put yeah. words on the wall. And and what I like is is your uh, Pete was his name. He, he held you to account Pete. to that. He said, like, yeah. hang on a minute, Simon. Look at what you wrote on the wall. And then you made that decision to say, fair enough, that, that's what me and Kate decided yeah. we wanted our business to look like. And, and we committed to that. Like, I think that it's so important, in my opinion, whether you're going to be a consultant, whether you're going to be, it doesn't matter what, you know, whatever 
business you're in, if you if you decide on your values, you need to stick to them. And 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 if you don't, if yeah. you think actually I need to change that, then hold your hands up and say I need to change that. You know, okay, we I'm going to keep this client, so I'm going to take that off the wall. I'm going to replace it with we we don't mind working with dicks if they pay well. You know, yeah. whatever it doesn't matter. But <laughs> but standing by it, I think is the most. How many times do we see businesses that say we put safety first or we care about our customer or, or whatever, yeah. and and actually they don't back yeah. it up. And, and what they do on a daily basis oh. contradicts it. Well, I think, you know, that's, that's really important. You know, one of the main reasons or the main reason that we sell Rhino was to be happy. It's what me and Kate wanted um, at the time. And um, about 12 months ago, we got really focused in on the numbers and we were pushing for growth. And our targets were set and they're set pretty high and we were struggling to hit them yeah. and we weren't happy anymore. And we had a, we had a, a meeting um, and we just took it right back to the start. Said, look, you know, why did we set up? We set up because we wanted to be happy. We're not happy at the moment. And we sacked off all the, the targets and now we're, we're back at being happy again. So I think it's, it's very important to... To always circle back to why, you know, why do you want to set up your own business? And going back to going back to your, your other question as well, as to how we went from a you know, one-man band or one-man and one-woman band and took that leap to actually take people on. Because obviously it's a leap to set up on your own. Mm. And then it's a leap to to actually take the next stage, which is to employing employ people um so we got it got to the end of our first 12 months trading and we had um turned over more than what we'd we'd ever ever envisaged you know our our, our business plan went out the window after six months because we'd already hit our target um which was obviously amazing but it got to the point where we literally didn't have any time in the day to, to facilitate running the business looking after clients and things like that so we sat down and we said look we need to make a decision now we need to either not take any more clients on and start turning people away or we need to take staff on and grow the business yeah. interestingly i did tell you that kate was uh used to work in employment law um when we first set up Rhino, we said we're not taking anyone on. We're never, ever, ever going to take anyone on because we'd seen the bad side of employing people. Mm. Working in employment law, Kate was sacking people. Kate was disciplining people. I think it, it just, all you see is the bad. You see the bad. Stain on it, kind of. Yes. So we said we are never, ever taking anyone on and and obviously you're not going to say now that that you stand by that and you hate all of the stuff you've got but I, but I would imagine I would imagine that your your opinion on that has changed the, the, the Kate, Kate was dealing with the the bad elements when it comes to uh, employment law she wasn't seeing the good side of things she, you know and I think that obviously tainted her view on taking taking someone on but yeah, we got to the, it got to the point where we were so busy that there was you know there was no brainer. There was two options. 
there's two options we take someone on or we don't grow anymore um the other problem was we were working from home we were around our dining room table so it meant if we were to take someone on we had to take an office on as well so it was like a double whammy so in terms of overheads you know our overheads were like pretty low like that and then we were gonna have to go you know salary uh and an office um so this is where we were going around in circles so i was saying i want to grow i want to take someone on and kate was saying i don't want to take anyone on because you know all this bad stuff and i don't know if we can afford it and this is where we engaged our first um business coach and uh he actually went through everything with us, went through our numbers, um, and we had that confirmation that you know we could take someone on, we could afford it, we can do it. And I think it needed that extra, that validation from someone else just to, to give us that kind of green light, just to say, yeah, you're that doing kind the right of un thing. Unbiased opinion, yeah. Yeah, because we were just in this, you know, this cycle where we were just, uh, you know, I can't, mm. we can't keep working all these hours, but then we don't want to take someone on and we were just kind of going round and round in circles. So, like yeah, it's it it a good thing to do. I think that's good. I, and um, I like I like the way that you kind of acknowledge that, um, that you needed that kind of outside of opinion as well. Um, so kind of you got like this, this third partner slash founder that that you know is unbiased yeah. and stuff like that so um but anyway Matt, i'm gonna have to uh, i'm gonna have to leave part one there because I, I have another call in 10 minutes and i need to yeah, no download before that uh, before yeah. that starts so I've, you know what my internet's like it took us two hours to get this call going i know i think that's quite good we've got like a real insight into like the beginning of your journey and then in the in the second half we're just kind of yeah, talk about just a, a lot more of that, just much more of a conversation about, you know, actually running that stuff and using social media and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. But, but cool. Well, um, I'll end it there and we'll, we'll talk to you again in part two. All right, no worries. Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. That was part one of two, where we're talking all about how to build a consultancy with Simon. So make sure you stay in tune for next week's episode. If you enjoyed this then, and you're watching on YouTube, give us a comment below whether you have decided to start your consultancy um, or not and why. Let us know in the comments below. If you're not listening on YouTube and you're just listening on podcasts, when you get home, connect with us on any of these social media that are coming on your screen for YouTube right now. But on Twitter, it's Rebranded Safety and on Facebook and LinkedIn, it's Rebranding Safety. So, have I just said it wrong again? On Twitter, it's Safety Rebranded. And then on everything else, it's rebranded safety like normal. I think I said it wrong. Anyway, if you listen on iTunes, please give us a rate and review because it really helps do the algorithm do its little magic thing and helps us get into other people's ear holes and bring value to the rest of the world. Talking of bringing value, if you think of one person that would benefit from this episode, a friend of yours that's starting a business, starting a consultancy, whatever it is, please share this with them and help us help them. Otherwise, we'll catch you in part two next week. Safe.